to sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, good afternoon, everyone. Um, Hope everybody is doing well. Today we're going to talk about how to get more out of what you want from life. Um, And this subject is important because we all have ideas of things that we want to do. Maybe we want to get a job or maybe we want to do volunteer work, um, join a church, be more included in church, uh, you know, start a relationship, learn something new. But we just don't quite get there. And um, it seems like there's a, a lot of obstacles in the way. So we're going to talk in this call about how you can get the things that you want from life. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get everything. Nobody does. Um, but at least you can <clears throat> gain a maybe a better satisfaction with where you are or maybe add some new things to your life. And that's going to be really important as we move out of this lockdown, the sheltering in place, um, as we move forward um, to to see how can we still have the things that we want to and not just be left behind or, or still, you know, locked down, basically. Um, because the reality of it is things have and are and will be changing. And those changes may still reflect a lot of what we're experiencing now, continuing to wear masks and social distance. and But it doesn't mean that, you know, we have to continue to stay locked up and, and secluded from the world. <clears throat> so how do you do that? How do you get what you want? Well, the first thing, you have to know exactly what you do want. You know, a lot of people will make vague statements. I want a relationship. Well, who do you want a relationship with? Um, what kind of a relationship do you want? Do you want to, like, just date or just be friends or romance? You know, you've got to go beyond I want a. Um, a lot of times people will say, I want to do volunteer work. Well, that's wonderful. But what kind of work do you want to do? Where do you want to volunteer? Um, so we need to know specifically what we want. sometimes people say that they would like to live in a better place. Well, what does that mean? Um, Does it mean a bigger uh, apartment, Um, a smaller apartment, a house where you don't have as much stress? What does a better place mean? And that means different things to each person. So if you don't identify specifically what you want, then you're just kind of out there, you know, in basically probably all the wrong places, um, just putting a lot of effort into what you vaguely want, and you're not really going to get anywhere, but a whole lot of frustration. So figure out what it is you want and be very specific about what you want. It's okay to be specific. You know, I want a relationship with 
um, somebody my age or close to it, you know, who has my religious beliefs or whatever, it's okay to put your, be specific. You can, you can work with flexibility a little bit later in this whole equation. Um, then it's important to keep it reality-based. There's a lot of things I want to do, but the reality of it is it's not going to happen because, you know, there are some things that I want to do that a totally blind person just can't do. Get over the idea of, oh, you can do anything you want to do or you can do anything you set your mind to because the reality of it is no, we can't and nobody can. Uh, Even people who have sight, even middle-class, upper-class people who have sight, they can't do anything they want to do. I recently was talking to an individual, and he wanted very much to apply for a psychologist job with the military. He certainly could drive to the positions, and he could, you know, he can see. But they have an age requirement, and he is about 10 years over that age requirement. So keep it reality-based. Be sure that you can either do or learn to do, you know, the things that you want to do. Because if that program or that training has specific qualifications that not only you, but everybody else has to meet, and you're not going to meet them, yeah, then maybe it's time to reassess and, and figure out what you can do. At the same token, we don't want to go around selling ourselves short. And sometimes we do that or we allow other people to do that. You know, oh, blind people can't do this. Or, well, you can't do that. You're blind. So make sure that when you look at your idea that you know that you could do the job or that you know other people like yourself with your same visual acuity around it who are doing the job. Um, don't, don't just allow other people to tell you what you can and can't do because they can really sell you short. And maybe they're not even intending to do that. It could be that they frankly don't know your capabilities or they don't know anything about what it is you want to do. Um, so, you know, while we're being reality-based, we don't want to go so far on that end that that we're selling ourselves short because there are many things that people who are blind and visually impaired can, in fact, do. Um, there's other people who do them all the time. Then it's important to conquer your fears. <clears throat> Most people don't get what they want in life because they're afraid. Oh, I can't learn it. I won't be able to learn to use the iPhone. Why not? Other people do. Um, You know, nobody will let me volunteer anywhere because I'm blind. Well, that's not true because other people who are blind volunteer many places. Um, So when you think about what you want and you start thinking, I can't, I will never, I'm too stupid, uh, any of those negative thoughts, stop. Check them out. And be very sure that it's not just your negative voice speaking to you or it's not somebody else's negative voice speaking to you. Be sure that you really 
can't do it or you really maybe don't want to do it. Um, and it's okay. It's okay to be fearful. It's okay to have some anxiety when you volunteer for a project. You might think, oh, I can't do that because other people aren't going to like me. We haven't even given them a chance. They don't know you. Or maybe they don't know a side of you that they need to know to be able to make that decision. Maybe they know you from, you know, 30 years ago and you're nothing like you were 30 years ago. A lot of times that happens in the blind community. We base our ideas and opinions of each other from what the person was back in school um, or, or in residence. And most people aren't anything like they were then. You know, most of us have grown up. We've learned a few things along the way, and um, we've, we've matured our personality. So, you know, don't get caught in that trap either. Um, so look at your fears and be realistic with your fears. And, you know, try to develop a, a spirit of this is going to be an adventure. It's going to be something new for me. Um, because the reality of it is, if you ultimately can't do it, it's okay. You tried. Um, if you don't ever try, you're not going to get anywhere. So, you know, go ahead and just say, well, okay, I, I feel really nervous. I feel really anxious. I'm not sure that this is going to work, but it's what I have to do to get what I want. Then make a plan. Figure out what it is you need to do to get what you want. Um, do you need to learn a new skill to do that volunteer job? Do they require you, for example, to use a computer or a, a smartphone and you don't know how to use one? Um, so figure out what you need to do to get where you want to be. And to do that, you're going to have to do some research. You may have to put a post up and say, hey, well, I'm interested in doing this. Does any other person who is blind do it? Or can you connect me? You may have to look at Career Connect and see if anybody up there is posting about or, or does that particular thing. Getting what you want is always more difficult when other people are involved. And that's why sometimes people have a difficult time forming or finding a relationship. Because other people are involved, and if they don't want to have a relationship with you, then you can't have a relationship with them. So that's another reason. Find out early on, does this person want the same thing I want? Is there any possibility that they might want the same thing I want? Because if there isn't, it's better for both of you to know and move on then for you to waste a lot of time and emotion and end up hurt in the end. Um, and that's the same thing with volunteer. If you present yourself well and they don't want you to volunteer for them for whatever reason, it could be a liability issue, it could be an ignorance issue about what blind people can do. <clears throat> it could be lots of reasons. People come up with all kinds of things to keep people, other people, from doing things they want. Don't give up. Go to another place and, you know, make the same offer. Except think about the things you learned from the first experience that you can take into the second 
experience. Maybe well, uh, you you have to kind of start off slower or set your sights a little bit lower. You know, very often we hear about how blind people have to prove themselves more than do sighted people. And that's true. We do. But sighted people have to prove themselves as well. Not to the point that we do, because they're not dealing with the first level of doubt about what a blind person can do. I am the only therapist that I know to ever work for the agency that I worked for for 10 years. You had to have the director, not a supervisor, but the director of the agency sit in on my evaluations of, of clients. And the first time that happened, the second time that happened, I was not happy. I was like, why do I have to? You know, I'm as qualified or credentialed as my sighted colleagues, and they don't have the director sitting in on their assessment. Well, how do I have to? Well, I could have, you know, thrown fit and cried discrimination, and, and it was in a way. And I could have, you know, done a lot of things. But what came out of that after he set in on three or four of my assessments of clients? If he had people who were directly referred to him who needed assessments, he referred them to me for the assessment. And by this time, he wasn't sitting in on my assessment. And because I had proven myself capable and competent with that, you know, meeting people, assessing people, interacting with people, um, <clears throat> dealing with these barriers of uncomfortableness about the blind therapist, because I had dealt with that effectively, anytime I wanted to do anything else, as long as I was credentialed and qualified, he allowed me to do it. So it's okay to have to prove yourself. You will have to prove yourself. If you get a volunteer job, you're going to have to prove yourself that you can do that job or you can do other things. You just, there's just no way around it. And so, again, go for it with the idea that I am proving that I can do this, and I'm going to prove that I can do it so that I can get what I want. Um, you, you might also have to find out how much does what you want to do cost. Most things do have a cost involved. If you volunteer, you're probably going to have you know, to get there, pay for transportation, so do you have transportation? Can you afford it? Is paying for the cost, is that worth doing what you want to do? Um, so you may have to evaluate things in terms of that. Uh, if it's something larger, you may have to look at that and say, well, uh, can I get a loan to start my own business? Um, you probably can. And uh, do you want to get a loan? Is that something you really want to do badly enough that you are going to invest in it? <clears throat> when I went back to get my master's degree and then my doctoral degree and started my own business, I had to make a decision of whether I wanted to apply for loans because nobody was paying for this for me. I had to pay for it. And I had to make a decision of whether those goals were worth getting a loan and, and paying it back. Well, they were. And luckily, it all worked out. But as a result of that, I had to give up a lot of other things like 
going to ACB conventions and uh, buying a lot of, you know, electrical uh, devices and different things like that because I was paying off loans. So uh, you always have to make a decision of whether that's worth it, whether the cost is worth you getting what you want. And the cost could be very minimal or it could be pretty substantial depending on what it is you want. Um, The same, if you get involved in a relationship and one person lives in Hawaii and the other person lives in Puerto Rico, well, eventually somebody's going to have to move. So um, you, you have to make that decision of whether that would be worth it to you. And for some people it would, for some people they would say no, not worth it. Uh, then determine where and how can you get trained. If you want to learn to play an instrument, how can you learn to play an instrument? Um, can you just pick up that instrument and start fooling around with it, play it? Some people can, and they sure have. Um, the same with an iPhone. You want to learn to use an iPhone, but how can you learn to do that? So look at your resources. What's out there? In what format is it out there? How easy is it is to access what's out there? There's all kind of information and online learning and books and groups and people, you know, to help you figure out where you can get resources um, to learn pretty much anything you would want to learn. Then it's important to look at the risk and the benefits. And we talked a little bit about that when we were talking about well, the cost. But write down all the risk that you can think of, not based on that negative voice, but the real reality of the situation. And then write down the benefits and look at your list. And if your risks are much bigger than your benefits, probably not something you want to do unless you can figure out how to decrease each risk. So you want your benefits to, to weigh outweigh the risk. How long will it take for you to, you know, be able to do what you want to do? Sometimes it can take a few days and sometimes it can take years. It took three and a half years to get my doctoral degree and a lot of work. Um, On the other hand, it took about two days to get the job that I have now. She found my resume and posted it and I accepted the job. So, um, you know, it may take a long time or it might not take too much time. And how much time are you willing to allow? Do you want to work three and a half years on a doctoral degree? Realizing that you're not going to be able to do a whole lot else if you do that. Some people do, some people don't. Um, Look at your plan once you get it all figured out. And then you might have to do some revising of that plan, which is okay. People revise their business plans all the time. And that's what it is. Even if it's not necessarily a business, it's still a business because when you create a plan for something that you want to do, you're basically making a contract with yourself that you're going to do this thing. So you may have to revise your plan a little bit and that's okay. And you may have to revise that plan several times. That's okay. I went through four dissertations uh, or suggestions, topics, before they finally accepted the fourth one. <laughs> and believe me, it was frustrating because I was really excited about one or two of them, but my dissertation committee wasn't. 
So I had to revise the plan four different times. And finally, you know, found ones that they wanted. Um, And that's okay. I can always do research later and, you know, do those. uh, Well, the one, it would be difficult, but I could do it if I wanted to. Um, And then make a commitment. This is where it gets tricky. Make a commitment that you are going to do what it is you set out to do. You're going to give it your very best, and you are going to do that. You have to work at it all the time, every day. Not just, oh, well, I'm really excited about this, so I'm going to spend a lot of time working on it. And then, you know, a week or two goes by, and you realize that you haven't touched the iPhone at all, uh, and you still don't know anything about it, and you're still relying on your old trusty flip top. So make a commitment that you are going to do this. You are going to learn it. For me to learn my iPhone, I literally had to get rid of my flip top because I wouldn't leave it alone. It was easier. It was comfortable. It was what I knew. So I literally had to get rid of the flip top and was forced to use the iPhone because if I didn't learn how to do that, I was going to miss a lot of business calls and I didn't want to do that. So I had to learn to use that iPhone. Get an accountability partner. And this is somebody who is going to hold your feet to the fire, even when it's tough or even when you don't want to, or even when you don't feel well. And they're not going to force you or punish you or scold you. They're going to say, if you want to get this done, this is, yeah, you, you need to get with it. Or they're going to help you maybe find some resources or just kind of give you that extra lift. And that's what accountability partners do. They don't just say, oh, well, I know you haven't been feeling well for the last three weeks. It's okay that you haven't touched the iPhone. Or it's okay that your loan applications, you know, die. You can just do it again. You need a strong accountability partner who is going to say, I know you don't feel well, but these things are important. It has to be done. Uh, Be honest and open about your feelings, your needs, and wants. Uh, Whether you're starting a new relationship, let them know. If your goal is to have a committed relationship with children eventually, let them know that. Um, If your goal is, you know, to just kind of have friends with benefits, let them know that. Because that way, each person knows where the other is coming from. If you're seeking volunteer work or, you know, you're, you're trying to get more involved with your church, be open and honest with the leader and let them know what it is you want and how you're feeling. When you do that, don't blame other people. Well, I feel really bad when I'm here because nobody includes me. What is it that you can do to be more included? Or what is it that you can do to be more involved or more active? Um, So, you know, don't put the blame on other people. Try to figure out what you can do. And it's okay to say to the leader, you know, I really need you to maybe give me some pointers. What can I do to, to be more involved or what can I do to be more included here? And they might say, well, you know, maybe if you looked happier or maybe if you 
uh, talk more to people or or listened more to people, um, it would it would be better. So take their suggestions because they're the ones who lead the program. And if you are the leader of a committee and your committee members come up to you and they say, you know, I I've been on the committee for six months and you haven't given me anything to do. What what is it that I can do? You know, you want them to say, oh, I'm sorry. I, how about we, you know, you do this or this or this. And that's the same way it would be with you talking to a leader. Um, put reminders of your goals around your house. Uh, sometimes people, if they can see, they take pictures or they draw pictures. Um, if you, you know, you can, if you're really creative, write little songs about, what you're going to do when you get what you want um, and, and, or, or little poems or little stickers or reminders. Um, you can put braille labels wherever you want to, whatever it takes for you to be reminded of your goals. Because if you're reminded of your goals all the time, somebody's not badgering you, but you're reminding yourself. Uh, every time you pick up your, your, you know, you go to the bathroom, you're you're pretty much reminded that, um, you know, this is what you're going to do. Or every time you open the refrigerator, you're reminded this is what you're going to do. So figure out ways that you can put these little reminders all over your living space. Um, get Alexa to remind you. That's a good one. She'll remind you of pretty much anything. <laughs> so... Um, that's one way you can do it if you have one. Reward and celebrate each one of your achievements. Don't wait for other people to pat you on your back. Do it yourself. Every time I completed a portion of the required dissertation, and there was a lot, I did something special for myself. Some people thought that that was pretty narcissistic. It wasn't. It was what I needed to do to keep me focus on that task and to get it done. Otherwise, I would have let it go because it was really a lot of work and it was frustrating at times. Um, so reward yourself. And you don't have to do anything major, but you can decide, you know what? Every time I make an accomplishment or achieve this, it's going to be pizza night or it's going to be steak night or it's going to be, you know, a chocolate candy bar night. And make those rewards special, not something that you do every day anyway, but make those rewards special. If you're working on losing weight and you lose 10 pounds, give yourself a reward. Take a hot bubble bath. Take an extra walk. Plant a flower. Whatever it is, just do something to reward yourself for your accomplishments and your achievements. And hopefully... You will have also created a support network, and those people will be supportive too. But don't rely on other people because they may support you. They may really be your best cheerleading squad, and hopefully you do have people in your life who can do that. But many times people just don't. For whatever reason, they just don't. Maybe they have a lot of self-centered people in their lives or Maybe they have a lot of people who think that, well, you can do anything you want to, so you don't really need support, which is just ridiculous. But you know, people think different things. So 
don't rely on them. It's wonderful if they do, but if they don't, do it anyway. Um, the last thing that people often worry about is if they take a board position or if they take run for an office, maybe, and, and they're elected and their friend isn't, that it may end a friendship. Don't let that stop you. If your friend is truly your friend, that will not end a friendship. Um, if it does, then you have to really evaluate just, you know, how much were they friends? Because your true friends will be with you. They're going to be happy for you that you get what you want and, and you meet your goals. Um, they're not going to say, oh, well, I'm not going to be her friend because you know, she got the board position and I didn't. There may be some hurt or some frustration, but they're not going to completely abandon you. So those are the things. And if anybody has any questions or thoughts or comments, now's your time. Okay, Dr. Rail, we have one hand. Oh, we have a couple of hands. And the All first right. one, yeah, the first one is Karen. So, Hi, Jesse. As usual, I have jumbled thoughts, but um, I'll put them out there. Um, basically, just because you think you want to work somewhere or do something, you may soon realize that it's not the right place for you to be. Um, I've done volunteer works for years, many years, and I am beginning to drop my volunteer work because I've reassessed, you know, the value to me or my value to it. And I just step aside. One of my pet peeves is, I'm sorry, I'm so random, but um, one of my pet peeves is I, I have a discussion with a friend oh, you know, I was going to do this, but I decided not to. And it's always, 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 oh, because of your vision? No, just because I didn't want to do it. I, I You know, it, not everything has to do with my vision. And if there's something out there that isn't really obvious for you to do, you can Google like, I, I mean, if you want to learn iPhone, I mean, ACB has so many classes on it. You just go there or you Google or you reach out. There's always a way to learn what you need to know. If people ask me, um, they just assume I'm very limited. I said, the only thing I can't do is drive. You know, that's it. Anything else I can figure out how to do. Um I don't know if I'm making sense or not, but just because a, an organization doesn't want you for some reason doesn't mean that it matters because you may not want to be with those people. They may not even other than the vision thing. You, you, you know, you, you don't want to be everywhere. You want to pick and choose where who you're with. And even if you reach your goal and get somewhere, you may soon realize, oh, this really isn't a good fit for me. So I wouldn't be dependent on other people. Follow your heart, your instincts, and and et cetera. Did I make any sense, Jesse? You are so right. And thank you for, for sharing that. And it's okay if you 
you know, think that you want to volunteer. I thought that I wanted to volunteer to work at the animal shelter. Now, I love animals, love, love, love to work with dogs. But I realized after about three weeks of working there <laughs> that my heart was so broken and I was so depressed because I wanted to bring all of those dogs home. And I couldn't, I couldn't accept that I could work there and not bring those dogs home. My heart just, every day I left the place in tears. So you may get into something and then realize this is not what I what I can do. And that's okay. Go do something different. Okay, our next raised hand is Connie. Connie, you can unmute. Hi, Jesse. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm pretty good. good. So um I am trying to decide which church to attend now. My husband passed away. He was sighted. So he used to drive us to this church, and it was a huge church. I mean, it was it's a mega church. And But now um, it's hard to get there because paratransit doesn't go to that town right now. It's supposed to start going there in July, but it, right now it doesn't. And Uber and Lyft are really weird right now because of COVID. You know, they're because of, um, you know, COVID-19, there has there hasn't been as many drivers because the demand has been down. And so they hike up the fares and and um, sometimes your rides get canceled or your your wait time is now like 30 minutes instead of five to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I've talked to a couple of friends about this. They both go to that church and one of them said, well, if you can get someone to drop you off, I can take you home. And the other one plays in the orchestra. I would like to sing in the choir because there's this concert coming up in August to honor one of the pastors who's retiring. And he used to be the choir director. And I was in the choir for many years when he was directing. And he's played a very major role in my spiritual life. And I really, really want to sing in this concert for his retirement. But I'm trying to figure, uh, so there are two barriers. The first barrier is transportation, getting there. There won't be that many rehearsals because we're going to have CDs or, or we can get online and learn our, learn our parts. And the songs are supposed to be songs that we've sung in the past. So um, that won't be too hard. But um, we are going to have at least one dress rehearsal that I know of and maybe a couple of others in the summertime. So that's barrier number one, getting there. And number two is that I need the words to the songs because I don't I won't know all of them. And I have gotten words in the past, but the person who's um, assisting with the worship and arts program now is someone I don't know. And so I've got to figure out how to contact her and get the words to the song so that I can have them transcribed in the Braille. So any suggestions? <laughs> I'm, I'm really praying that I can sing in this because I, I really, really want to. Well, this. yeah, the transportation issue is, is a really big issue. And mm -hmm. Do you have maybe another person that you could you know one person could take you and one person could drop you off home well that's what i was thinking because this one friend who plays an orchestra the orchestra usually has to get there about an hour before the choir gets there uh -huh. you know because they run through the songs but that, oh. wouldn't be, that, that wouldn't be so bad though because there are chairs and tables out in the lobby and i could sit out there 
and, you know, bring something to do, bring something to read. And mm-hmm. the restrooms are close by. <laughs> so, you know, that wouldn't be too bad. So maybe yeah. she can, I don't know, maybe she can take me there and, and then the other gal could take me home or something. Yeah. But they, or they both maybe are, they know are, other people who can help too. They're both so. aware that I really want to do this. So they're like, we'll, we'll work something out. Okay. Well, it sounds like they're willing to help you. And so yeah. then the next part is just getting the words to the songs, but that shouldn't be too big of a difficulty. And then you can get them in braille somehow. It's just figuring out who to contact because there's been so many Even changes. if you have to get the words and, and, you know, listen to them on a tape or, or online or whatever and sit there and write them yourself. I, I've been known to do that. Yeah, I've done that too. Yeah. But um, but I'm, I'm really still trying to decide. I want to go to this concert, but I'm also trying to decide whether or not to stay at this church or not because it's harder to get there now. And it's a really big church and it's grown very big and modern and... At first, I thought, well, I want to find a church closer to home that's smaller. But mm-hmm. then, I don't know. But then when you have smaller churches, then there aren't as many opportunities to serve either, you know, because there's a lot of volunteer work that we do at church as well. So That can, yeah, sometimes smaller churches are easier to get acclimated into and mm-hmm. find people to be helpful. But sometimes, you know, there's not as many opportunities. And I wouldn't give up the big church. Mm-hmm. Until you do find a little church. Yeah, because I know people there. You know, there's so. nothing wrong with going to two churches. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. if you can exactly. get to the one church, then you're going to go to that one. If you can get to the other one, then you're going to go to that one. But, you know, in don't fact, give I've been up one to thing a bi- until, yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, I've been going to a Bible study for a few months on Zoom for this church closer to my home that I used to go to, but it doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to go to that church, but it's just nice to have the the fellowship and and be able to meet with other people. So absolutely. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Our next raise hand is Pam, Pam coffee. You can unmute. Uh, Yes. Uh, This might be of a little help for Connie. Um, When she asked about, getting the words to to uh, the music. Uh, I know a little about that because I've sung in choirs for uh, probably too long. They probably wish I'd drop out. Uh, but um, I've been in situations where I needed to get the words for, and it was often a major work we were doing. And I needed to get them fast. And I did not want to have to have someone come to my apartment and read the words out. And I would write them down. But what I did was I did a web search. I went online. I typed in the name of the composition if I knew who the composer was. And in most cases, I did. I would type that in as well and you would be amazed at what you can find on google or whatever your search engine of choice is Um, there have been many times that not only was i able to get the words for the the piece that we were doing But if we were doing it in the original language, for instance, Latin, 
I was able to get the words in Latin and it popped right up on the screen. And I made me a little sheet sheet in Braille and I worked like the Dickens on it at home. And if I needed to take that thing with me to a rehearsal, I did that. And so there are ways you can deal with getting the words for a piece you're doing. And if you don't know who the composer is, uh, your choir director could tell, could give you that information. You're so right. And most songs, I mean, sometimes even if I just hear a song and I want to know what the words are, I'll get the name of it and, and go online and get the words to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's one way that you can, if you can do that. Yes. You you can, so that's that's a possibility. And thank you, Pam. And it's not that hard to do. I mean, if you have any, just even average um, computer skills or skills on an iPhone or skills on whatever your device is, you can do it. Yeah, they pop up pretty well. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do we have any other questions? Thank you. Great call. I don't see any raised hands right now, Dr. Rail. Uh, would you like for me to run through the instructions on raising hands and muting in case anyone might not know? Yeah. You, yeah. Okay. It, it won't take but a sec. Uh, okay. If you want to raise your hand, if you're on a PC, it's Alt-Y. On the Mac, it's Option-Y. And if you're on a smartphone or smart device, the raised hand uh, option, it's an option under the more button, which is in the lower right hand corner. And from the phone, uh, landline phone, you raise hand with by pressing uh, star nine. And then to mute or unmute, if you're on a PC, it's alt A on the Mac, command shift A uh, from your smartphone. The mute and unmute button is a toggle. It's in the lower left-hand corner. And from your landline phone, you press star six to mute or unmute. And I still don't see any raised hands. Oh, wait, there's one. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Carla, Carla Hayes. Hi there. Um, I missed the beginning of this, and I'm sorry, but I had a class that ran over. But anyhow, um, um, one of... I have a couple of obstacles. I, I really um, am in this rut, and there are things that I'd like to do, and most of them require more time. Like I'd like more time for my creative writing, and I would like. Um, and then uh, the other thing is more skill. Um, and the the barriers that I run into sometimes there are a couple of things that I've been that I volunteer for, and. I'm no longer interested in doing them, but I feel like if I, I, I feel selfish to tell the, the people I'm volunteering for that I don't want to do it anymore. Um, you know, I, I just, I sort of feel selfish when I do that. Um, and there are things that I don't know. I just, I just don't have the passion for anymore. It makes me feel selfish. And then the other thing that I'm running into is that um, there are some things that I'd really like to do. Like I've really had a hard time making the, the, the transition from the cassette world where it's much easier to master things onto cassettes to all this digital media, media and, and, you know, duplicating um, cassettes was so much easier and it's impacting the audio um, publishing part of my business and some of the things that I do. And it's like one of the things that I do is I produce this audio mag 
and it takes forever to do it digitally and distribute it. You know what I mean? It's things like that that sort of rob me of of the time and and you know the guilt feelings for saying I don't want to do X anymore or something like that. And I was wondering if you had any advice about those kinds of things. Yeah, um, a lot of times people who have been volunteering, especially for a position for a while, um, feel a sense of obligation to continue to volunteer, even though they're not really interested in what they're doing, and, and they feel guilty if they step back. But it's important to realize several things. One, if you really are not enjoying what you're doing, or if it's requiring a lot of things that you just can't do anymore um, for whatever reason, um, you're not putting your best into that volunteer position. You're not, you're not giving it your best. You're not just not like you used to do. And so it's okay to say, you know, I want to step back or need to step back from this position or from doing this so that, you know, I can do other things that I do have a passion for, do want to do. The other thing that that does is free up your position that you're not really enjoying all that much to somebody who can and will do it or enjoy it because they want to do it. And the other thing that it does is free up this whole thing about, and, and I see this over and over on these organizations not just ACB, but the same people serve on the same committee doing the same thing year after year after year after year. And the organizations wonder why they're not making forward movement. Well, because those people are tired. They don't have any fresh ideas or, you know, they just don't really have a desire to do it anymore, but they feel like they have to, so they keep plugging on. And Younger members or other members of the organization never get an opportunity because this person refuses to let go of something that they don't want to really do. Um, So it's okay. And you have to say, it's okay for me not to want to continue to do this so that I do have time to free up to do things that I want to do. It was very, very difficult for me to give up Mountain State Council. I mean, I was president of Mountain State Council for over 10 years and president of human service uh, professionals that, that used to exist. And it was hard for me to give those up. But I knew there was no way that I could really do justice to that and get my certification in forensics and my doctoral degree. And I gave it up. And you know what? The organizations, well, one didn't survive, one kind of has, but, you know, they'll either go on with or without you or, um, you know, or, or they won't. There's nothing you can do about that, but you've got to be free and, and true to yourself because otherwise you're never going to get anywhere. And the thing is, there have been a couple of times I've tried to step back and people said, well, we can't find anybody to do this. and Now, uh, don't let that be your fault or your responsibility. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's you know, thing. and that's hard. I mean, it really broke my heart when, you know, human service professionals fell. But uh, 
I had to move on. And I've had people say I've been selfish for wanting to not, you know, to do something. And that, that hurts, you know. And you're not selfish at all. You just need to do something different. Um, whoever is the leader of that organization or, or whatever needs to be very proactive in finding other people. And maybe they haven't been as proactive as, as they, because if they can make you feel guilty or responsible, <laughs> that makes their job pretty easy, doesn't it? Yes, thank you so much, though. And I really do enjoy these calls. You're welcome. Okay, we have a couple more hands, and just to let you know, it's about eight minutes till the top of the hour. Okay. Uh, okay, Deborah has her hand raised, so Deborah, you can unmute. Hello, how you doing? Um, I can relate what you're talking about, and I I love uh, being around people. Um, I had work at Costco uh, as food demonstration because I love feeding people. And um, and 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 um, talking with them, but then my vision changed. So I um, I see I can't do it again after all the academics where it shut everything down. So I didn't go back. So my because I'm um, deaf and blind, and and I'm trying to figure out like, well, what can I do for the as I give myself a chapter? So what can I do for my next chapter? Well, you know, look at some things that you want to do or some possibilities and see how you can put them in action. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can create something new or something different, you know, that they don't already do. Yeah. Because I was telling my, the book you have, like, you either have to have um, one or the other on the handicap. So I always have my um, vision. And, and and I was able to survive working other job with just uh, not hearing. But then now it's both. Yeah. And, and that does make things difficult. Do your circumstances mm-hmm. change or, you know, you don't have the same equipment that you once had. It can make things even more challenging, but you just kind of have to sit down and say, okay, well, what can I, what can I do now? with what I've got. Yes. Thank you. Okay, next we have area code 505. You can unmute. Hello, Jesse. This is Beth from New Mexico. Um, Okay, what I get a lot is, okay, like my my, uh, last computer that I had is like, it was a Windows XP. And the the commission for the blind said you're probably going to have to get new training on a training on a newer computer that that windows xp was stolen but what i get in this little place that i moved to i guess since the school for the for the blind and the orientation center are here but the orientation center only works with students the barriers i run into with even some transportation and uh, like when we wanted to find housing, won't the school for the blind help you? No, it's what it is. It's a school. It's for children under the age 22. And I thank you for the compliment, but I'm way over 22. Really? Oh, man, they should help you. And I'm like, no, they don't. And so I'm wondering, like, there's no training for computer services. There's no 
a lot of these poorer states don't have stuff for the older blind. So what resources can you do then? Well, what you may have to do is post to your chapter or your affiliate or to ACB Conversations and ask people for resources that you can access. Um, we don't even... Or when you're on these community calls, uh, especially the technology ones, you know, ask right. people what resources are out there and, and what can you do. Um, oh, I do. There are a lot of different resources, and it's just a matter of accessing it and getting a hold of this information. But, yeah, it's hard when you live in a rural area or one with limited services. Um, you know, some states, and you almost feel envious of them, <laughs> they, they have all kinds of things for blind people and, and older blind people. And some states just really don't have much of anything. Um, and I live in one of them. West Virginia just doesn't have a whole lot. Um, you know, it, it depends on the money that the state gets in and how active ACB and NFB are in those states. Uh, it depends on a lot of things, but it can be really, really difficult when you live in an area that just doesn't have a lot. So the only thing I know is ask people, uh, what is out there that I can access and how can I access it? Uh, if you need right, a- even, our seniors, even our senior center said, well, I don't know. We don't know how to teach a blind person new computer. And I'm like, I've used a computer before, but it was an older model. Well, um Oh, we can't help you. I don't know. They don't need to be that intimidated by us. Well, I mean, first of all, you have to determine, do you have a computer? And again, then where are the resources that you can get? Um, I just recently got a Mac computer. I don't know a thing in the world about a Mac computer. And I'm in the process of trying to find out what resources are out there that I can access because nobody's going to come in here and, and show me how to use a Mac computer. I was doing good to find out where the power button on the thing is. So, yeah. So you just have to keep looking around and asking around until somebody says, oh, well, you know, NBP's coming out with two books on the Mac computer in May. Ooh, cool. Um, you know, just, just be open. And asking the right places, asking on this call for technology is probably not a good idea because I'm not a technology person. No, I know that. I (laughs) I understand that, but, you know. Yeah, just asking the right places, you know. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Get on the technology calls because those people have been around the time of three and and many, many, many blind people and sighted have learned the computer just by hacking around on it and figuring it out themselves. They haven't really had somebody to sit and show them how to do this or that. Um, I've never had any official technology training on anything. I just have to kind of hack around. Right. Well, that's what I had to do with my Windows XP, and I think I could do that with... And you could do that um, with Windows 10. Right. So that's what you do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. It just amazes me that they think the school for the blind should help you. Uh, a lot of people don't really realize what the school for the blind actually does. And, 
you know, they mean well. They just don't know what these different places do. They hear the word blind and you're blind. And so therefore, well, I have to. I have to explain to him. No, it's not all encompassing like the VA. It's a school. Well, I have somebody oh. recently asked me if I was still going over to the school for the blind in Romney, and I'm like, uh, no, I think I've outgrown that many years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. That's all the raised hands right now, Doctor Rail, and it's. All right. Well, um, as always, we will be back next week to talk about another topic. If you have any suggestions or ideas, feel free to let me know. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Thank you very much, Allison and Desiree. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it.